Let's get to it tonight. Uh, turn in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 8 through 15. 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 8 through 15. Tonight I want to talk to you about crossing over. Crossing over. Let's go. Let's go. Look at your neighbor and say, let's go. Crossing over. It's time to go. It's time to go. You've been at the place that you've been for too long. Now it's time to go. You've been blocked by the things that you've been blocked by for too long. Now it's time to go. It's time to cross over. Are you ready to cross over tonight? Crossing over. Second Kings chapter 2 verse 8. Are you there? This is what it says. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said, to Elijah, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I can do for you before I'm taken from you. Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. Verse 10, You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours, otherwise not. Verse 11, As they were walking along together, talking together, Suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them apart. He picked up the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak that had fallen from him and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. The company of the prophets from Jericho who were watching said, The spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. Father, I pray tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would place that spirit upon us that would cause us to cross over. I pray it in Jesus' name. I pray for an anointing of the Holy Spirit, a special endowment of power to rest upon this word tonight, and that truly there would be a crossing over tonight, that there would be a crossing over, that we would leave some things behind tonight. And God, I thank you for the word of the Lord, that it never returns to you void, but it accomplishes that for which you send it to accomplish. We give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And everybody said? Amen. Crossing over. Crossing over is that which characterizes the life of faith. The people of God became the people of God at the moment at which they crossed over. Now we see this very clearly in the Exodus. This is the event by which Israel became a nation. Before they became a nation, they were slaves in Egypt. And God had sent all of these miracles and all of these plagues on Egypt. I mean, he, he appeared to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai at the burning bush. He sent him to Pharaoh, and he turned the Nile to blood, and he sent hailstones the size of fists, and turned the sun to darkness, and struck the livestock and the cattle, and... And, and even struck down the firstborn of Israel of, of Egypt, and he worked all of these mighty signs and wonders, sent all of these plagues and all of these miracles, and it all would have come to nothing had the people not been over to cross over. Had they not crossed over the Red Sea, even though God had worked all of those miracles to bring them out of Egypt, they never would have fully come out of Egypt had they not crossed over. In other words, God had worked deliverance already. Pharaoh said, go. 
But once they began to go, the Egyptians began to pursue them, and they came to the place where they had to cross over. And so Moses stood before the Red Sea, and he cried out to the Lord, and God said, Stretch out your staff. And he stretched out his staff, and the waters parted, and it says the children of Israel crossed over on dry ground. And when they got to the other side of the Red Sea, the, the Egyptian had followed them into the, into, the, into the middle of the Red Sea, and the waters crashed down on the Egyptians. Suddenly, their deliverance became an experience reality. It was not a theory, you've been delivered. It was not a theology anymore, you've been delivered. It wasn't something they were hoping for. It wasn't something that they were confessing, even in spite of the, that they were experiencing the opposite. You know, there's sometimes where you're claiming you're healed, but you still feel sick. There's sometimes you're claiming you're delivered, but you still feel bound. Sometimes you're claiming that you have everything, but you still feel broke. You know, sometimes you're claiming it in the face of an opposite reality. But when the, the Israelites had crossed over, it was no longer an opposite reality. It was real. I mean, it was an experiential reality. They could see the bodies of their enemies washing up on the shore. It was obvious that they had crossed over. Crossing over is about moving from one experiential reality to the next. We can talk till we're blue in the face about what God has done, but until we've crossed over, we don't experience it yet. But when we cross over, we come into the place where we fully experience what God has done. It's no longer believing it only. Now it's seeing it. They can look and see the bodies of the Egyptians washing up on the shore. And right before they crossed over, they freaked out when they looked behind them and saw the Egyptians coming. And in Exodus 14, 12, in Exodus 14, 13, Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will see never again. You'll never see them again. The Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. Look at your neighbor and say, The Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. Moses says, I know you've been battling these powers of darkness that have tried to hold you in slavery and bondage. I know you've been battling your way to freedom, but I'm telling you you're coming out of the place where you have to battle for freedom. I'm telling you freedom is going to be the ground floor of your next level. In other words, freedom was the ceiling of your last level. It's about to be the ground floor of your next level. You were reaching up for it. Now you're going to walk on it. I'm telling you that what is the ceiling of your current level is about to become the ground floor of your next level because God is getting ready to take you to another place. Come on, somebody. Moses says, you've been battling these Egyptians. And when we're talking about Egyptians, we're talking about the power of slavery. We're talking about the powers of bondage. We're talking about everything the enemy does to keep you in the land of bondage, to keep you in the house of slavery, to keep you bound when Christ has set you free. The Egyptians pursue you when you're trying to run after Jesus. The Egyptians pursue you. And what I see in the house of God is every time the people of God start running after Jesus, you start studying the word and you got Egyptians pursuing you. You start going to church and you got Egyptians pursuing you. You start spending time in prayer and you got Egyptians pursuing you. And, and when we're talking about accountability, we're talking about Egyptian management. That's what we're talking about. Believers say, I've got to, I got to get some accountability. Why? Because I'm trying to manage these Egyptians. And, and, and we've, just, we've gotten so used to the presence of Egyptians that we just say, well, who are your Egyptians? We come together and do accountability. Well, this Egyptian was pursuing me last night. Well, these Egyptians were pursuing me yesterday. And all we're talking about is, how are you doing outrunning the Egyptians? You say, well, I outran them yesterday, but they overtook me last night. 
<laughs> you know, how did you do? Did you outrun the Egyptians? I outran them every night this week. Yay, I outran the Egyptians. But they're still chasing you. Freedom is not outrunning the Egyptians every day. Freedom is crossing over and seeing their bodies wash up on the shore. And it's time for the church to get some faith for crossing over. Not just faith that you're going to run faster than they can run. You hearing me? And so Moses said, the Egyptians you see today, you'll never see them again. God is going to cause you to cross over, and it's going to be in your past, not in your future. It's going to characterize your past, not your present, not your future. You're about to cross over. There's a second point at which the people of Israel had to cross over. It went from Moses to Joshua. Now, Moses brought them out of Egypt and into the wilderness. But Joshua brought them out of the wilderness and into the promised land. Coming out of Egypt was about coming out of slavery and into freedom. That is, when they stood at the Red Sea, on one side of the Red Sea was bondage. On the other side of the Red Sea was freedom. But afterwards, Joshua now, God said to Joshua, you're about to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. And he starts leading them towards the promised land. And they come upon the Jordan River. And the Jordan River was in full flood. I mean, it was a mighty river. It was a rushing river. Not even the strongest man among them could have crossed that river. You know, sometimes you come upon obstacles that even the strongest believer can't overcome. Sometimes there are powers of opposition that even the strongest believer can't overcome. And Joshua said, not even the strong can and cross this river. What are we going to do? And the Lord said, I'm going to do for you what I did for Moses. Just as Moses called this, caused them to cross over the Red Sea, I'm going to cause them to cross over the, the Jordan River by you. And he gave clear instructions. Tell the priest to take a step. And as soon as the soles of their feet touch the water, the waters are going to back up. And sure enough, they stepped into that river. And, the, and through Joshua, God caused the people of Israel to cross over from the place of wandering to the place of destiny. From the place of wandering to the place of destiny. And when they came from the place of wandering to the place of destiny, now they had to face the Canaanites. And the Canaanites were the power that was trying to keep them out of the promise. The power that was trying to keep them out of the promise. Not like the Egyptians, the powers that were trying to keep them in the place of bondage. The, the, the Canaanites didn't want to bind them. The Canaanites simply wanted to occupy the place that God had promised to his people. Now listen, there are some believers that are fighting Egyptians and others that are fighting Canaanites. And some are fighting Egyptians on the left and Canaanites on the right. The Canaanites are trying to keep you out of your destiny. And God said to Joshua, I'm going to drive out the Canaanites before you. I'm going to drive out everything that would keep you out of your destiny. All you have to do is cause the people to cross over. And when they crossed over the Jordan River, they came out of the place of wandering into the place of destiny, out of the place of hope into the place of fulfillment, out of the place of promise into the place of fulfillment of promise. God was saying, you've hoped for your destiny, now I'm taking you into it. And once they came across that Jordan River, they were no longer hoping for their destiny, they were in it. Because once they crossed the Jordan River, they were officially in the promised land. You have just, they came to the other side and it was as if Joshua said, you have just begun to occupy the promise. You have just begun to fulfill your destiny. You're standing in it right now. This is what you've been believing for. This is what God has been promising you. This promise goes all the way back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God promised he would give you his land, and now you have crossed over, and you have now begun to possess it. It is time. 
And I'm telling you that when you begin to pursue your destiny, all kind of Canaanites are going to come upon you, and the river is going to flood, and it seems impossible. But Joshua said, I have an anointing to cause the people of God to cross over. I'm telling you that when Joshua is standing at the helm, there is no river that can outflood you. There is no Canaanite that can stand against you because God is getting ready to take you into your destiny. I'm telling you that it is not enough for God to bring you out of Egypt but leave you wandering around the desert for the rest of your life. He wants to take you into the promised land. It's time to cross over. It's time to cross over. Crossing over into your destiny. Now that is even harder than crossing over out of the place of bondage. Why? Because they didn't fight the Egyptians. God did. But when they crossed over into their destiny, they had to fight the Canaanites. And here is the principle. Some of you are fighting Egyptians and God never asked you to fight an Egyptian. You never fight for freedom. God freed them. They were passive. All they had to do was walk. Can you walk? You got legs? If you ain't got legs, you got a wheelchair? You got something? Roll. How do we get free? Just walk. Walk. Paul said, walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. I'm battling the lust of the flesh. Why? Walk. Just walk. Nobody asks you to battle the flesh. Walk. Walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you're walking, the problem is you stop walking. The problem is you stop walking. You started falling and, and rolling and crying and groveling. Get up. Stop groveling and just start walking in the spirit. Stop battling the Egyptians. If you're battling Canaanites, that's a good battle. Because the Canaanite is trying to keep you out of the place of your destiny. You know, if, 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 for instance, when you begin to pursue your destiny, the devil will attack you with sickness. Look at Pastor Bird, right? As soon as he's appointed a lay pastor. I mean, the Lord healed his body, and the devil did not contest it. He almost had a heart attack sitting right here. And while he was about to, while he was in the process of having a heart attack... He said he felt like there was a belt around his chest and somebody was standing behind him pulling it tighter and tighter and tighter. He said, I thought I was going to have a heart attack and die. I said, Lord, just let me survive to the end of this service. Don't let me die in church. And my wife called him up and said, Vern, the Lord says you will live and not die. And the Spirit of God hit his body and healed him right there. Healed him right there. And it was uncontested until... We anointed him with oil and, and appointed him and his wife as lay pastors in the church. Now he's stepping into his destiny. And guess what happened? The enemy came against him in full force. All of a sudden, the devil's got him laid up in the hospital. Listen, when the devil is opposing your destiny, you got to fight it. you got to fight it. you got to say, I've crossed over and I'm not having this. I've crossed. Listen, when God causes you to cross over, the Canaanites cannot stop you. You've already crossed over into your destiny, and the devil can't drive you out of it. Are you hearing me today? Now we see what happens between Elijah and Elisha in the 2 Kings passage of Scripture, 2 Kings chapter 2. The prophet Elijah carries on his body the power to cross over, the cloak. The cloak that he wears represents the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, and it is literally the power of freedom or the power of liberty. Because he wears the cloak, 
Nothing can stop him from crossing over. He comes to the river and he knows that God wants him on the other side. He simply takes the cloak and he strikes it and the waters part. And he and Elisha cross over. And he says, what can I do for you? And Elisha says, I've got to carry a double portion of the spirit that you carry. You know what he means? He says, I want you to pass down that power to cross over that you carry. It can't just be for your generation. You've got to give it to my generation. Can't just be parents who walk in freedom. You've got to raise up kids who walk in freedom. Can't just be pastors who have the power to cross over. Pastors have to have members who have the power to cross over. It's not just about one generation and what, we, what God is restoring to the body of Christ in restoring the reality of spiritual fatherhood. God is restoring the power to pass down revelation and authority from one generation to the next. He says, I want that power to cross over. And when Elijah is taken away, everything goes up but the cloak. His sandals went up, but the cloak fell. Come on, somebody. The only thing that he left behind was the power to cross over. And I'm telling you, parents, that the only thing you have to give to your children is the power to cross over. Because everything you went through, your kids are going to go through. And if you can't tell them how you crossed over, you got nothing to give them. You need to be able to say to your sons and daughters, I battled that, but here's how I crossed over. I faced that river, but here's how I crossed over. I came to that Red Sea, but I crossed over it. And if you refuse to cross over your Red Seas and your Jordan rivers, you will pass on to your children an inheritance of bondage or wandering. Your child comes to you and says, Dad, I'm wandering around this wilderness. What do, you, what do I do? And you say, I don't know, son. I'm still wandering around it myself. Never figured out how to get out. If you figure it out, please let me know. Dad, I can't get out of Egypt. You know what, son? I can't seem to get out either. I've ne matter of fact, I've never been able to get out. I, I tried to figure it out in my generation, but I couldn't figure it out. Would you please try to figure it out? And if you figure it out, let me know. Let me know. Would you let me know? I cannot pass down to my sons and daughters a heritage of bondage and wandering. I got to pass over. I got to cross over. I can't. Listen, you need to look at everything in your life and say, I'm not passing this down to the next generation. You need to look at every power of opposition that comes against you and say, I'm not passing this struggle down. We cannot be like Hezekiah. The, the word of the Lord came to Hezekiah and said, after you're dead, the people of Babylon are going to come in and chain up your sons and daughters and carry them into slavery. And Hezekiah said, the word that you've spoken is good, because at least there will be peace in my lifetime. Translation, I've made peace with it. I've made peace with it. Son, I'm hoping you can make peace with it too. Daughter, I hope you can make peace with it too. We cannot carry the spirit of Hezekiah. We must make a decision. I'm going to cross over this thing. I'm not going to be stuck in this thing. I'm not staying in this pit. I'm crossing over. I'm not staying in this hole. I'm crossing over. I'm not going to stand and look at these waters for the rest of my life. I'm crossing over. I don't care how big this sea is. I don't care how powerful this river is. I'm crossing over. In Luke, 
Chapter 24, verse 40, 49, Jesus said to his disciples, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. He says that robe, that cloak that Elijah carried, that cloak that Elisha inherited, inherited, that power that allowed him to cross over when it seemed like he was stuck. I'm giving you that same power. I'm clothing you with that same power, and you're going to set captives free. You're going to part Red Seas for those in bondage. You're going to part Jordan Rivers for those in the wilderness, and you're going to walk in that power. That same spirit that rested on Elijah is about to begin to rest on you. You're going to learn how to cross over. The power of the Holy Spirit is the power to cross over. It's the power to enter into a higher level of life, a higher level of living. God is calling us to a higher level of living. Say it, a higher level of living. You've got to get into your spirit that God wants to take you to a higher level of living, a higher level of reality. Now, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5, the author of Hebrews says, By faith, Enoch was taken away. That's what it says in the New King James Version. In the King James Version, it says, By faith, Enoch was translated. I looked up the word in the Greek, and the word literally means to be translated or transposed. When something is translated, it's moved from one language to another language. It says Enoch was translated. You know, when you get translated by the power of the Spirit, you stop speaking one language and start speaking another language. You know why you speak differently? Because you just got translated. By faith, Enoch was translated so that he did not see death. Or so that he no longer saw death. He did not see death. God wants to cause you to cross over or to translate you from one realm to the next realm so that you no longer see death. For too many of us, we see death everywhere we look. We're constantly seeing death, but God wants to translate you so that you stop seeing death. And it says he was not found because God had taken him. God had translated him. Him. We see in Colossians chapter 1 verse 13, the scripture says that he has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of the son that he loves. It says in the King James Version, it's the same word in a different form there. He translated us. It says just like he translated Enoch, he has translated us. The only difference is we're still here on this planet, but just like Enoch, when he translates us, we no longer see death anymore. Why? Because he has delivered us from the dominion of darkness. He's caused us to cross over. First John chapter 3 verse 14, we know that we have passed from death to life. We've crossed over from death to life. We've crossed over from death to life. We're no longer living in the realm of death. Now we're living in the realm of life. We're no longer seeing death, but we're seeing life. John 5:24, Jesus says, "Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. You have already passed from death to life. Already. You've passed from death to life. That is, you are no longer on the side of the Red Sea that is characterized by death. Now you've moved to the side that is characterized by life. But it takes a decision. Romans 6.13, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments to God. I want to look at this one in the NIV. In the NIV it says, mm -hmm. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. 
those who have passed over, those who have crossed over from death to life. Offer your members to God because you have already been brought from death to life. The only thing you need to actually cross over is in your thinking. You've crossed over, but now your thinking has to cross over. You've been brought out of death into life, but we're still thinking death. Because Paul says to be carnally minded is death. The mindset on the sinful nature is death. So if we're thinking according to the sinful nature, we're still thinking like we're dead even though we've been made alive. It's time to cross over in our minds. God wants to cause us to cross over, to cross over, to cross over. I'm telling you there's a higher order of living that God has for you. There's a higher place, and we got to get it in our minds. The, the thing is, for so long we've battled the things that we've battled that we just believe that we're supposed to battle them for the rest of our lives. We just think, well, that's, you know, <laughs> somebody said, uh, man, I got this book called Every Man's Battle. You know, and it's about sexual lust and temptation, and I'm fighting every man's battle. I said, now, I do not see that in, in Scripture. I mean, the whole premise was every man has to battle this for the rest of his life. And I said, now hold on a second. It says he's delivered us from the dominion of darkness and translated us or conveyed us into the kingdom of the son he loves. Now how, is the, how are we still stuck in every man's battle? I said, it's every believer's victory. You hearing me? God wants to take us out of the place of battle into the place of victory. The scripture says that he triumphed over powers and principalities by the cross and made a public spectacle of them. He has already fought the battle. The scripture says that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. What does more than a conqueror mean? How can I say, well, I'm still in the battle. Well, how can you be still in the battle when you're more than a conqueror? No, you've already conquered, but you've got to cross over in your thinking. You've got to cross over in your mind, and you've got to cross that vast body of water called unbelief. The only thing that stands between you and freedom is unbelief. The only thing that stands between you and the promised land is unbelief. The only thing that would keep you out of your destiny is unbelief. And the only thing that would keep you out of freedom is unbelief. Because you believe that you're going to struggle with these things for the rest of your life. Guess what? You will. But God is inviting us to a higher place of victory. And that place comes as we cross over. I don't know about you, but I did, I did, the Lord just gave me this last night. I, I, I'll tell you, last night, yesterday I was... I was I was in a bad place yesterday. I was all tired. You know, I'd only slept an hour and a half the night before. My baby kept me up all night, and so I thought it was all because I was physically tired. You know, sometimes when you're physically tired, the devil jumps on it and takes something that's natural and makes it demonic. You know, if you lose a loved one, you're supposed to grieve, but the devil can jump on that grief and turn it into torment. You know, if you're tired, you're supposed to feel weary, but the devil will jump on that weariness and turn it into torment. And pretty soon, what we can do is we can use these things as, a me, as an excuse to get in the flesh. So my wife and I are going home last night. I went home last night, and my wife came, and she said, let's go to dinner. I said, let's go. Okay, let's go. So we went out to dinner, and the whole time I complained. I said, baby, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Just wiped out and wiped out, and I'm complaining. Not even just complaining about being tired. And I had to talk to this person today, and, and then this happened today, and then I just got to deal with this. And why? And she said, "Baby, you're in the flesh." Yeah. And I said, "No, I'm just physically tired. I got mad. I'm, in, I'm just physically tired. Can a brother be tired?" 
She said, yeah, well, you are physically tired, but I just feel like this is all in your mind. And I said, all in my mind? Day and night, night and day, I work my fingers to the bone, and you say it's all in my mind? Pastor in two churches? You know, all in my mind? She said, baby, I just feel like it's all in your mind. That's just what I feel. And so I shut up because I knew I was going to say the wrong thing. But in my heart, I'm thinking, man, she's got no compassion. No compassion. Don't she know how tired I am? If she needs a break, I give her one. I just need a break. I just need a break. So we got home, and I'm thinking, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of like pouting, you know, but trying not to show it. You know what I'm talking about? And so then she gives Alethea a bath, and she says, baby, can you, can you put Alethea's pajamas on her and get her ready for bed? I said, sure, baby. And in my heart, I'm thinking, can't you do it? Don't you know how tired I am? Didn't I just tell you how tired I am? No problem, baby. I'll be right there. Pick up Alethea, take her to a room, lotion her down, put her pajamas on, thinking, let me hurry up and get this done, and I'm going to go to bed, and I'm going to turn off the light, and I'm going to be on strike for the rest of the night. I'm clocking out. I'm done. I'm off the clock. So I got her ready for bed, you know, brushed her teeth, and gave her to Mommy. And Mommy said, come on, Alethea, let's go downstairs. And she said, okay, let's go. I said, I'm turning off the light. I'm going to bed. Don't bother me. She said, okay. So she left the room. I said, freedom. It's about 9 o'clock at night. I turned off the light. So I got into bed, and I'm tossing and turning. And I'm tossing and turning. You know, sometimes when you're tired, you can be so tired that you can't rest. Isn't that just the most ridiculous thing? Does that make any sense to you? I'm so tired I can't rest. Too tired to sleep. I laid down in that bed at 9 o'clock at night, and I tossed and turned until 10 o'clock at night. So finally I opened up my computer and started watching Korean videos. So I'm going to watch me some Korean dramas. I'm watching a real good one called City Hunter. And so I'm watching City Hunter, and I'm, I got about 45 minutes through one episode, and I'm still just fidgety and tossing and turning and frustrated and tossing and turning and frustrated and tossing and t I'm just miserable. And I said, I am in the flesh. <laughs> I said, oh, heck no, I can't be in the flesh. I closed that computer, turned on the light, and, and took my, my recorder with Pastor Daniel's teaching. When I go see him, I just hit record and let him talk to me for hours and just record it. And then I'll go home. And so I turned it on and I just flipped. I mean, I'll have a recording that's like two hours long. Just a conversation he and I had where I didn't say a word, but not a conversation, a monologue. <laughs> <laughs> and I opened it. I opened up one of those and I just like just flipped it to the middle. It was like 58 minutes into it. So let's see what he's talking about. And he said, sometimes like Nebuchadnezzar, we go out to the field and start eating with the animals, eating grass. And the kingdom departs from us because we're eating grass with the beasts. <laughs> or like the prodigal son, we get in the pig's pen and eat with the pigs. And then it got worse. And sometimes we just lay down on the ground I said, come on, devil, would you please just walk all over me? I said, because that's the only way he can walk all over you. 
sometimes we just bow down and give him our necks and say, would you please just put some chains of bondage around my neck? Because that's the only way he can chain you. And I said, Lord, I hear you loud and clear. I jumped up, turned on all the lights, turned on praise and worship music, and lifted my hands and started to pray. And within five minutes, all of that frustration and anxiety and fear, all of that irritation, all of that torment, it broke off of me, and suddenly I was in the presence of God. And I prayed, and I prayed, and the Lord came to me. And he said, son, I'm about to perfect all that concerns you. The reason that you're feeling all this frustration is you've got stuff bottled up on the inside of you that you haven't delivered to me yet. So give them to me, son. What is concerning you tonight? Give them to me one by one. One by one. Just let them all out. And I started to just bring them. I had no idea how many there were. I had no idea how much stuff I was bottling up and not bringing to the Lord. And one by one, I started to lay it out. Lord, I'm concerned about this. And, and all, I prayed for it for five minutes, and then I just felt it lift off me. Wow, okay, Lord, here's another one. Here goes another one. I'm concerned about this. And then it lifted off me. Here's another one. Here's another one. And that went on till about 12.15. By 12.15, I felt like I could scale a wall, like I had just woke up from sleeping 12 hours. I had slept an hour and a half in the previous 36 hours, but I felt fresh and strong by after mid it was after midnight and I felt like I could scale a wall. I felt like I could take a city. I felt like I could climb a mountain. Even the physical tiredness was gone. I wasn't irritated. I wasn't frustrated. I wasn't in any torment. Something had happened on the inside of me and I'd crossed over into a new place. That is, I'd crossed over out of that place of irritation. I've crossed over out of that place of frustration. I've crossed over out of that place of torment and into the spirit of the living God where there was righteousness, righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. I'd come out of the place of weakness and into the place of strength. I'd crossed over and finally at about 12.15, I laid down and I turned off the light and just there in the joy of the Lord and with the spirit of God, I fell asleep. I woke up this morning. I was not going to come into the office today. Y'all didn't know. I had already negotiated my release from my wife. I told her, I ain't coming in tomorrow. You take care of it. I'm not preaching tomorrow night. You figure it out. You handle it. Because I'm, I'm taking the day off. I'm tired. I woke up this morning. My wife said, so what are you going to do today? I said, I'm going in. She said, when are you going in? I said, I'm going with you. I'm going in when you go in. Why? I said, last night I got so full of the Holy Spirit. I crossed over. I came out of something and I came into something else. Something broke off me and something was laid on me. I'm telling you that God clothed me with power from on high and I crossed over. And it was then last night that God started speaking to me about crossing over. He said, you go tell my people it's time for them to cross over. You tell my people they don't have to stay stuck in the ruts they're stuck in. You tell my people they don't have to keep falling in the pits they're falling in. You tell my people they don't have to stay on that side of the river or on that side of the sea, but that I'm getting ready to part the waters and cause them to cross over. And listen, the Lord spoke to me last night, and I said, oh, God, first thing I felt was fear. I said, Lord, I don't want to go back to that place again. Can you help me to stay at this place? And the Lord said, son, the ceiling of your last level is becoming the ground floor of your next level. The thing that you used to reach for, now you're standing on it. It's the foundation for your feet. I'm saying that it's a part of your past and not a part of your future. You've crossed over. You've come into the next thing. Listen, I'm telling you that that thing that you've been battling, that you've been struggling with, that you've been wrestling with, that you've been reaching up for, you're going to 
look down on it now. You're going to walk on it now. The ceiling of your present level is about to become the floor of your next level. Why? Because you're about to cross over. Come on, somebody. It's time for the people of God to cross over. Are you ready to cross over? All right, I need you to come back up and, and uh, do some more worship. Everybody stand up on your feet. Hallelujah. And just lift your hands to heaven. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I declare that there's a crossing over. Move this pulpit out of the way. Move it off to the side. Lord, there's a crossing over right now in the name of Jesus. A crossing over. I declare it right now. A crossing over. Father, first and foremost, I lift up the eyes of your people. Lord, so many of us here tonight, we believed for so long that we're stuck. We believed for so long that we would have to battle those Egyptians for the rest of our lives. We believed that those Canaanites were going to continue to inhabit our promised land for the rest of our lives. We believed that we were stuck, that there's just no better. We might as well just make peace with it. But Father, tonight I just break all of that junk off the hearts and minds of your people. I break it off. I just break it off. I break it off right now. In the name of your, of, of the, of your son Jesus. And I just declare to your people, I just declare the gospel. I declare the gospel. I declare the good news of Jesus Christ. You're coming out and not going back in again. You're crossing over. You're crossing over. You're crossing over. I'm telling you the waters are parting right now. In Jesus' name, I, just like Moses stretched out the staff, I'm stretching out the staff right now. And I command those waters to part right now. You're going to cross. Now you're going to walk. You're going to walk, you're going to walk, you're going to walk, you're going to walk, you're going to walk your way to freedom, and you're going to walk into your destiny. The devil's not keeping you in Egypt for another minute. You're not wandering around that wilderness for another minute. Come on, just begin to go after it right now. Just begin to lift up your voice to the Father and begin to reach for it. Open your mouth and begin to reach for it. Last night, I just opened up my mouth and started praying, and it broke off me. Tonight, you're going to open up your mouth and start praying, and it's going to break off you. I just made a decision in my heart. God, I'm not staying here another minute. I'm in the flesh, but I'm not staying in the flesh for another minute. I'm not battling this thing for another minute. Come on, make a decision tonight. I'm coming out. No more Egyptian management. No more Canaanite management. The Egyptians that you see today, you will never see them again. Come on, go after it. Come on, go after it. Turn on these worship leaders' microphones. to come to this altar and get some hands laid on you. You're coming out of something tonight. You're never going back into it again. The way the devil has stopped you, he's not going to stop you again. 
Come on, come on, come on, come on. Just come to this altar and lift your hands. There's freedom. There's freedom right now. There's freedom right now.